0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Elvis, new movie out now on HBO Max, written and directed by Baz Luhrmann, at least co-written by Baz Luhrmann, based on the musical artist Elvis Presley. Ever heard of him? Boz Luhrmann, of course, the director of many stylish films similar to this, uh, like uh, Moulin Rouge. He directed The Great Gatsby, uh, Strictly Ballroom. He's a director that I would actually like to go back through his filmography and uh, do a deep dive, and maybe do a top five of his movies because he does a has a very stylish stylistic kind of approach to films like he he like goes as as michael bay is to explosions boz lerman is to like flashy stylish camera movements editing uh very like almost heightened cartoonish in a way and i would apply all of those things to this movie as well a very stylish movie a very hype like very hyper stylized uh has a lot of music, as most of us do. Obviously, this is based on a musician. However, the majority of the music is not Elvis-specific music. A lot of it is there are definitely some Elvis songs, as you would hope uh, for a movie about Elvis. But there's also a lot of remixed versions of Elvis songs, a lot of just modern music that kind of references Elvis in a lot of ways kind of uh, implements inspirations that Elvis may have had in stealing his music from black people. But uh, it's kind of a weird mix. I mean, similarly to The Great Gatsby, Great Gatsby used a lot of modern music uh, in a movie about somebody, I think, in the 1920s. This one uh, is very similar to that. A lot of modern music that is, is blended and infused throughout this movie to kind of helps set tones I think and I I think it's used in a fun way Uh, that's how I would describe this movie this is a very fun kind of a movie Uh, it suffers from all of the same things that all of the musical biopics suffer from it's very overstuffed this movie despite being two hours and 40 minutes long I mean it's stuffing in a lot of aspects of Elvis Presley's life from childhood to death spoilers elvis is dead he has left the planet uh at least some people believe that some people believe he's on an island with tupac but uh you know or you know boba boba hotep is a documentary of some sorts with him and uh and uh jfk chilling in an old folks home but you know it's so despite the fact that it suffers from all those things You know, it's not a great movie, but it is a fun movie to watch. Uh, Not only the infusion of modern music, not only the style and flair of Baz Luhrmann, uh, but also the performance by the lead, Austin Butler. I think he plays a good Elvis Presley, you know, plays a good, the titular character well uh you know nails the he definitely has the look and definitely nails i would say the impression of him uh but there are some downsides aside from this overstuffness and all the other things that that kind of plague the musical biopic genre or subgenre i would have to say uh tom hanks uh is mind-boggling in this movie tom hanks is far more of a south park character than it is a tom hanks performance he is doing in so many the accent his character has he's playing the manager of elvis presley uh he is the narrator of this film it is almost a movie as much about tom parker colonel tom parker as it is Elvis, uh, since they were kind of the you know Elv- it was he was Elvis's manager up until his death, and not a good guy, so a lot of people blame him for Elvis never leaving the U.S., never touring outside of the U.S. Uh, they blame him for you know he took he you know unlike most managers that I think are signed to they get like ten percent, maybe twenty. I don't, I don't know the exact amount, but it's a, a lower amount than what Tom Parker got where they split it 50-50. Definitely uh, didn't really have much respect for Elvis, at least from what this movie kind of shows. Uh, he comes from the carnival or circus background, and in a lot of ways, this movie compares Elvis to a sideshow act. Uh, he is somebody who is able to you know, really ignite the audience in a way and really excite the audience, and, and really didn't understand, didn't really care about music as much as the effects of a successful sideshow. Uh, and there's even a shot where it's Elvis, they're playing a show at a circus, and Elvis is kind of standing alone and leaning up against a circus tent, and behind him is one of the banners for one of the sideshow freaks, The Geek, Uh, which, if you've ever seen the... What's that movie called? Midnight Alley? Midnight Alley, I think. I wouldn't recommend the newest one. Some people like it. The original movie, Midnight Alley, is pretty great. It's about uh, sideshow circus life in a lot of ways. But The Geek is the person who has kind of lost everything in life. And being the geek, you're kind of like this monster character. You eat live chickens. You do horrible things. And it's the thing you do when you've lost everything. And there's a shot of Elvis with that geek poster behind him. And in a lot of ways, Tom Parker treats Elvis like a geek character, like he is. This sideshow, like, without Tom Parker, he would be nothing. Which, obviously, I, I... that Clearly not the... He was like, according to this movie. I mean, obviously, I'm reviewing this movie, and I know, and I hope you know, that movies are not always, mm-hmm. more likely, rarely accurate to the the true events that happen. You know, even documentaries tend to present a biased opinion in a lot of ways. Uh, So, the facts that this movie tries to portray, I am well aware that they could not be and probably are not accurate to the reality of the situation. But, the way this movie portrays their relationship between Elvis and Tom Parker, uh, definitely a horrible relationship. But, uh... Stepping out of that aspect of the movie, you know, which is the main crux of the movie, is their relationship and Elvis's career as it's been guided by Tom Parker. Tom Hanks... The, ca- the reason why he was cast, it makes no sense whatsoever. The, the accent, the character, the impersonation... The whatever he's doing seems like a cartoon. Like literally there's times he sounds like the Asian character on South Park. And his character's not Asian, obviously, played by Tom Hanks. But he's doing some weird accent that kind of shifts between different things. It is very cartoonish, very wacky. And it's clear that they spent the entire fat suit budget on Tom Hanks because the iconic fat Elvis doesn't really appear ever. As Elvis gets older in this movie, he just kind of wears more makeup. His face kind of looks a little bit more bloated. But he's thin. Like, he, every time they show a profile of Elvis... He's clearly thin. There is no gut. There is no size change in this actor. And if there was, uh, it is very unnoticeable, Uh, especially in comparison to the wacky look and sound of Tom Hanks. Uh, So definitely took it out. Like, if I was going to make this movie better, which I, you know, when I watch a bad movie... Which is, this isn't bad, it's just, it's okay, this movie. It's got a lot of major problems that I think if, if they tweaked a couple things, it would have made it better. Uh, but it wouldn't have transcended the musical biopics genre in any way. But if they just cast somebody instead of Tom Hanks, like, I'm tired of fat suits in movies. They never look good. I don't care how much makeup, and also the old the old age makeup that they put on Tom Hanks... Like looks like Midnight Mass and that is not a compliment. Midnight Mass, Old People Makeup was one of the worst parts of that show, which I'm still reviewing and talking about, but like, these movies that cast normal sized people and put them in fat suits, and I can understand if you were going to do that and then they lose weight, because maybe you don't like, not all actors are going to be willing to, unlike Tom Hanks himself, who gained a bunch of weight and then lost a bunch of weight for Castaway. Uh, like, not every actor is going to be willing to do that or Christian Bale type. So I can understand using a fat suit in that scenario where the character is going to need to lose a, a bunch or gain a bunch of weight. Which, by the way, Elvis doesn't gain weight in this movie. So, perfect use of a fat suit to, like, bulk him up towards the end of this movie. But if you have a character like Tom Parker, who stays fat the entire time, who has some kind of weird accent, maybe cast somebody who's old and fat and has an accent. Or can at least do some kind of accent. Better than... Tom Hanks like I don't know what Tom Hanks was doing in this movie I do not know but it's like by far the worst part which is sad I love Tom Hanks this is probably the worst Tom Hanks performance I've seen in any movie and I haven't watched all of Lady Killers so maybe that one but even that even though that one's kind of weird and and wacky and goofy I it can't There's no way it's as bad as this performance. And I don't think it's necessarily Tom Hanks' fault. I think he was trying to do something, and Boz Lerman's like, let's do that. That works for me, apparently. But if they had just cast, like, there's tons of old, overweight actors that are amazing. Put any of them in this role, and it's instantly going to be a level better than it was. Also, if I w- would change this movie, I would say. That they do something like the 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 Steve Jobs movie did in a way I mean the Steve, Job, Steve Jobs movie just focused on the Apple events and kind of told his story through those Apple events. Very interesting, very different kind of a way to tell a, a biopic type story in this movie, it could have should have been Elvis in. Vegas, the end part of Elvis, like his downside, like like focus in on that aspect of his life where things aren't going well. And then you can intercut through that story, how he grew up, his influences, all of the aspects of this movie that just get touched on. You can still touch on those things, but have the main narrative of the film be the downfall of Elvis The the final moments of Elvis where he is being worked to the bone, forced to perform at this hotel in Vegas instead of traveling the world. Right. You could have had a very interesting like character study, like heavily dramatic film and then still go back to these other moments in his life. But no, you know, just it's just a steady line throughout his life. Which, you know, it just shows all of the beats, you know, meets all the people, all the historic things we know about Elvis, all the little details that we already know, doesn't really explore anything interesting, don't really care about any of the characters ever, as most musical biopics are. I want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for The Ray Taylor Show. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com. You can get t-shirts, different artwork available, different designs, all on high-quality materials in all the sizes. There's also iPhone cases made of biodegradable material. That's right, this is not bad for the environment, this is good for the environment. So all of those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases. Designed by me, sold by me. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support The Ray Taylor Show and promote it out in the world. So all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. But then also, unlike the, the Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen musical biopic, which I did not like that movie at all, but at least that movie celebrated the music of Queen. Like when I was done watching that movie that I did not like, I still was excited to listen to Queen afterwards. This movie, I was definitely more interested in the more modern music that they played than any of the Elvis stuff. Like, it did not celebrate, it did not really highlight any of the Elvis music. There were definitely performances and things like that, but my feeling after watching this movie was not, oh, I got to dip back into Elvis. When I finished watching Ray, the movie on Ray Charles, Oh, I got to get into Ray Charles like that is one thing that musical biopics tend to do that the effect they tend to have on me is that afterwards I will be amped to dive into that artist's catalog of things. And this did not at all. This was like, ooh, Doja Cat. Let's get into Doja Cat. And there's like, oh, Eminem did a song like at no point. I was like, eh, whatever. It never made me feel like, oh, I got to watch. I got to get into Elvis music. But whatever. Maybe for some people it did. It was funny, like, in the beginning of this movie when Elvis is kind of discovering his his superpower, as it were. There's also a... a correlation between elvis and his fandom of being a superhero like there's aspects of the beginning of this movie that literally tell parts of the story in comic book form and there is a moment where it kind of does feel like he has a superpower when he starts to do his elvis wiggle like his his there's a performance and when he starts to do the wiggle which he doesn't even know he has a superpower. But he, he does little, little wiggles during a performance and then women just like uncontrollably become possessed. Like little by little. And he like talks to his band. He's like, what's going on with the women in the crowd? And they're like, it's the wiggle, Elvis. It's the wiggle. And then he does it more. And it's like the women in the crowd are if it's like they're being possessed by the wiggle into like this uncontrollable screaming thing which is unique to women as fans of musical artists you know if I was going to assign types of uh, attributes to different genders uh, women will have a very heightened level of excitement towards musical artists in a way I don't know what men I mean the closest would be sports but even still like men aren't like passing out from screaming at sports figures you know they they get very emotional about sports and sports figures and things like that but there is nothing in a man's life that i can think of that would excite a man to the point of passing out the way musicians will have that effect on women whether it's elvis or the beatles or any of the pop acts that are currently making women go insane you know it's uh it's kind of a a weird phenomenon and I did enjoy when he discovered his wiggle and it was these women were like unknowingly becoming possessed by the wiggle and just couldn't help themselves uh that was a fun moment Uh, like there are definitely fun moments in this movie. It was a fun movie, but then of course, Tom Hanks and his narration or his character come on the screen or you hear him and it's just like, Oh, this is so cartoony. This is so bad, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's also this movie really, I mean, from my opinion, from my perspective, Elvis was the white guy who stole, like, literally stole songs from the black community and then made them popular. And that's how he got most of his fame, from singing in a style and the literal songs from the black community. And in this movie, it really, which I don't know how accurate this movie is, but this movie makes me, tells me, that he was a hero of the black community well celebrated in the black community like there's a moment where he's getting huffy and puffy and needs to go out on the town and get back to his roots and he goes to beale street i think it may have been another town forgive me but he goes back to some club meets up with bb king his old friend bb king and they go to a club to hang out and he just gets mobbed by the community there like they They love him, which I don't know how accurate that was, right? Because from my perspective, it, it was he just, as most rock music was, just stolen from, was gentrified from the black community. And there's even a moment in this movie where he gives, I forget which artist it was, but another black musician, he gives them respect as being the king of rock and roll. Uh, and, you know, maybe he did, maybe he did pay homage to the community he basically built his career on. I don't know. Grew up, you know, in a black community. I believe that's true, but I don't know how well he was celebrated. You know, this movie definitely makes him feel like he is the white hero of the black community, which I don't know. I, uh... Part of me says bullshit. Part of me is like, I don't know about that. I don't know if they, they're they really a fan of a white guy taking their music and becoming far popular. And then even this movie takes a moment to let you know that him singing that, I think he, it's a line B.B. King said. He's like, Elvis is watching somebody play a song on stage. He's like, oh, I'd love to sing that song. And B.B. King's like, if if you sing that song, you will be far more popular than anything that guy could do. And it's like it's sad, it's true, at least at that point in this day and age not so much, but definitely back then, you know, racism also kind of a big like aspect of this movie where he's being defiant, Elvis is being defiant against the the uh cancel culture. That's one thing this movie did which I did not like. This movie compared not not straight out but canceled was definitely the term used this movie's trying to compare cancel culture to being censored by the government which is not the case which is a big thing people are confused about currently and today that if you get booted off of twitter that somehow their freedom of speech is being impeded on in some way, as opposed to what the First Amendment protects you from is from the government arresting you, right? Doing what the government did to Elvis in this movie is what the First Amendment protects you from. That's not cancel culture. The government in today's world aside from like Republican governments in like Texas that is trying to censor books and all those things they don't that's not like cancel culture is the term conservatives use when people criticize their views or their work and they break contracts that they have with online platforms when it comes to you know, community guidelines, they, they violate those community guidelines, which is part of their contract that they signed when they signed up for Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. And because they violated their contract, they get booted off of this, the, that platform. That's not the government doing the thing. But this movie definitely tries to make that connection, which they are completely different things. Right, like a comedian getting protested because people don't like their comedy, they think their comedy is offensive, is not the same as that comedian being arrested for doing their jokes. Like nobody's being arrested for these things. Trump wasn't arrested for for inciting a riot on January sixth, inciting a, a government takeover. He was just taken off of a company's platform because he violated his contract which is something trump has done throughout his life he doesn't respect contracts at all in any way um so that was another part of this so i don't know the politics of of boz lerman but That would make me – like, it wasn't a big aspect, but it was definitely the canceled thing, or it was just a way for him to, again, blend what was happening then with what's happening now, which I don't think they're the same things at all. That's Generally, people that try to make that connection, comparing, quote-unquote, cancel culture today to what conservative – government was doing to artists back then arresting people like there were stand-up comedians who literally got arrested for saying certain things on stage and that was literally a violation of the first amendment right what's happening today is that people are just angry at comedians because their comedians are being homophobic transphobic misogynistic or racist they're 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 just ang- They're being critical of their work, and because artists are fragile by nature, they get offended and they go overboard and they act like their First Amendment rights are being infringed upon, which is not the case anyway. That aspect of this movie, I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, but but it's the same. It's the same stuff. Take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at inspireddisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images, head on over to inspireddisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam if you want 8x10 prints on high quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to inspiredisorder.com. you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to inspireddisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show! You know, and, and most of this movie, it's like, every time Elvis disobeyed his manager, things went well, and every time he followed his manager's advice, everything didn't go well. And it was kind of that same thing multiple times throughout his career again i don't know how accurate that is but that was kind of the the dramatic ride we were on while watching this movie very you know like literally every time he disobeyed his manager it reinvigorated his career whether it was when the government was going threatening to arrest him for doing his wiggle you know for possessing women with his wiggle And then he's like, you know what, he tried to change, he tried to follow his manager's advice, and his career tanked, so he's like, you know what, I'm going to go against my manager, and I'm going to go against these politicians that are trying to censor my art, and I'm going to bring the wiggle back, and he gets arrested, and that reinvigorates his career in a way. I mean, he does get shipped off to the war to apologize, and then his career tanks. And then he works with these other guys for the Christmas special and that like reinvigorates his career. But then he listens to his manager and doesn't go on the world tour and just works at this this hotel. And then that ends up. I mean, it's it's I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was a predictable roller coaster. Right. It was like a kid's ride. There was nothing surprising or exciting about it. It was just kind of the same same old thing they they kept doing over and over again, but the energy of the movie, the kinetic energy, the fever dream of this movie with Boz Lerman's editing and camera movements and and heightened reality, definitely gave it an energy that was entertaining to watch. It was like visually if you just. Like, if you're not paying attention to the story, you're blocking out every time Tom Hanks speaks, and you're kind of just letting the music fill the room and watching the fun imagery. It's an entertaining ride, I guess. You know? Everybody knows where it goes, so the end isn't, like, surprising. But there was no drama. Like, at no point did I, like, feel for Elvis, really, really. At no point did I, like, did it feel like he's throwing his career away with drugs, really. At no point did I, like, feel bad about his relationship with his, with, uh, with, uh, what's-her-face with Miss Presley, Priscilla Presley. You know? I didn't care about their friendships. I, like, totally forgot that his business manager was his dad. Like emotionally was not connected to this movie at all not not at all but anyway it was it was decent it had its problems and i like i said recast tom hanks with somebody that's actually old fat and has an accent or can do an accent that doesn't sound like he's on polar express part three you know doesn't seem like he's a south park character and then choose an interesting aspect of of his life, like the downfall in Vegas, like, show, like, get in detail of what that was like, and then through flashbacks and things or conversations, you can can flesh out his story through that downfall, and it would have made it way more interesting because we would have seen him, like, On this plane crash, this like slow motion plane crash throughout the two and a half hours. But during that two and a half hour plane crash, we're seeing, getting glimpse of how he got there. Would have been way more interesting. Would have cared about him more. All of the same characters would have been around. You wouldn't have had to change anything. You'd still have a lot of the same problems because it's a musical biopic but at least it would have been a story told in a way versus your direct narrative from like oh this is where he got picked up by his manager and then this is where he died anyway elvis it's on hbo max it's worth it i mean it's fun it's fun some people love the music is fun but it's not it's not elevating it's not going to be on my top 10 list not gonna be on my top 50 list of this of this year but it does make me interested to go back and watch more boz lerman stuff because he does have a style that's very interesting and it's been a while since i watched some of his other movies and uh you know i think maybe his style is very interesting and worthwhile to check out so anyway and the performance by austin butler is pretty great too you know would have been nice if he actually became a fat elvis like he kind of did in the face but all of that fat suit budget was Tom Hanks that was all went to Tom Hanks it was the b- most mind-blowingly horrible part of this movie it was the t- everything everything associated with Tom Hanks anyway Elvis check it out